Welcome back to the Anxious Millennial Podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra. Like many of you, I've been watching the news unfold in Israel and in Gaza these last few days. I'm equal parts anxious, confused, and utterly horrified. I do also recognize that the role of a content creator in a mental health community and space such as this one needs to continue being upbeat, optimistic, safe, diverse, and inclusive. And I will proudly keep delivering that content to you. So to that, thank you for tuning in. And I truly hope you enjoy the levity that this episode offers you. My interview with coach and entrepreneur, Nicole Dupuis. Welcome back to the Anxious Millennial Podcast, where I, your host, Alexandra Vincelli, explore everything mental health related and also interview both millennials and non-millennials about their self-care and entrepreneurship journeys. You know what's one of the most fun things? Is talking to someone who has equal amounts of passion for something you love. Case in point, my guest on the Anxious Millennial, Nicole Dupuis. Founder of Find Clarity Here, Nicole is a productivity and leadership coach. Yes, we love talking coaching. And she focuses her energy towards partnering with rising leaders and small business owners to narrow in and focus on what truly matters. And truly, what really struck me was her ability to say, Alex, we're friends. We're going to keep in touch. This is too much of a good energy thing to let go. And that's when I know, you know what? I've zeroed in on someone who's pretty awesome. So Nicole, my lovely new friend, welcome to the Anxious Millennial. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm so excited too. Okay, so Nicole, you know what's coming. Tell me, what is your word for 2023 and why? That was an excellent question. (laughs) Uh, My word was elevate, just in the sense of wanting to... Basically, from all angles, I want to help others elevate themselves, their business, their confidence, whatever that is. But I want to keep elevating. I don't want to ever stay. This level's good. I'm just going to hang out here. I want to be like, what's next? What else? Keep moving up. Um, so that has been my my word. I was, stress was another uh, was a close second. I feel like, um, but elevate elevate definitely. Elevate is interesting, and I, I'll, I'll tell you why I, I really resonate with that word. Um, I feel like it can mean many things. Elevating can also be a little on the painful side, too. Yep. Not leading, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? Elevating can also have some nooks and crannies and kinks in it. It, it could hurt sometimes, too, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it is not being satisfied. So it's, you know, it's moving up and it's not being accepting of if others, other people, other things, other situations are not moving at that pace, elevating with you or, or reaching that level. It's, you know, it's creating that boundary of, sorry, you know, this is not, this is not moving on the path with me. You know, I have to let it go. So if like a an event or an interaction or a friend, if if that's not suiting this growth for you, it that is a very uncomfortable but necessary conversation. Oh wow, that just hit me right in the feels. That's super relevant. I yeah, we might need a whole <laughs> part two on that one. Um, thank you for validating that. And uh also, 
let's be real, that involves a lot of boundary setting. Love, love <laughs> me some boundary talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Much, much more on that later. Yes. Um, so, Nicole, tell me, fellow coach, yes. why the path of coaching? So I feel like what I tell people, which is true, is I fell into it. It was my technically my first job right out of college was a coach. And I was working with um, folks in sales incorporating certain like presentation softwares and systems and CRMs into their business. And like it just kind of changed and ebbed and flowed from there. But every time my role or my company or whatever changed, there was always a coaching element that stayed so it was like this consistent piece. And I feel like all through my career, it was, what do I want to do? Like I wasn't like even just using the word career sounds very foreign to me because I just didn't think that way. It was job. Like you go to work, you come home, you go to work, you come home and that's it. So to think in the way of what am I meant to do? What fills my cup? What lights me up? What am I good at? Where can I use my skill sets? That was like a later kind of moment for me where I was like, okay, what do I want to be doing? Like I kind of am in a career. I'm just not owning it. How can I own it? And then I started thinking mm. about like the coaching I was doing. And then it was like, how can I do more of this? And then it was, can I do just this? And the answer was kind of like, yep, you can. And it was great. <laughs> I love the way you just framed that, which is, you know, can I do more of this? And can I do just yeah. this? That's so beautifully said and articulated how like to even come to that. And you're, you're so right, because I, I bet you're in a moment of like that fork in the road, right? Where, what direction do you turn in? Or do you just keep on keeping on and just go straight? Or, you know, there's no linearity to life. Um, the, the, the leap or the proverbial leap feels scary to you. How, how was that for you? It's, I think it should have more than it did. And I think because I, I think part of me does live up here in the clouds and the rainbows and the unicorns. So there was a little of, <laughs> when I've made big decisions in my life, I kind of make them appear and then they happen. And I'm like, looking back, oh, wait a minute, wait, I, did I like, did I pack everything? What's happening? And I'm like looking around like frantically. So that's kind of what happened where I was really it, it hit me after so it was like oh wow I'm doing this but I also the other difference with this decision was I really I'm not a patient person so my decisions sometimes happen really fast this was this was years of thinking probably two maybe even three years of slow steps to could this be something I do. And, and so when I left, like I joke with people that people are like, took the leap. And I was like, it was more of a hop. Like I really had put things in place and like prepared myself and my schedule and everything to be ready. But again, I, I, I it is true. I kind of that day when I quit, it was like, oh, well that, that was fun. You know, what's for dinner. And then two days later, it's like, oh wait, what just happened? I just did that. That was the thing. <laughs> Wow, I love how you said it's it was it was a hop instead of a full on leap. And I also appreciate you saying that because there's such a flippant quality to how fast I feel people pivot. Um, 
perhaps more particularly in our generation, that's probably a sweeping generalization I just made there. <laughs> don't at me. Oh, please just don't at me, whatever you do, guys. Oh my goodness. But I get the impression that people just shift so quickly as if there are no repercussions. And so your your careful thought process is, is really appreciated. So I thank you for that because same, I was hesitant because there's, I don't know if you felt this way, but there's also this oh labeling of coaches that I feel lacks that, you know, that it's not backed mm-hmm. up by necessary accreditation and all that stuff that comes behind it. And like labeling oneself as one is not always, I don't know, it just, it's such a disservice to our industry. So thank you for being so careful in, in your thought process and in, in getting into our, our field, our industry. Thank you. Yes. Oh, that's so true. I remember when I first, you know, they say in, in training for, for coaching, it's, you know, say you're a coach, like own it. And I would just, you know, people, Oh, what do you do? I'm a, like, I, I just wanted to like muffle it. Cause it does have this connotation of almost like coach translates as I'm still figuring it out, like be back to you. And it's, and, but now I'm, I mean, I scream it from the rooftops, but initially it was, oh, I don't want to say that. <laughs> what else can I say? <laughs> totally. <laughs> I completely resonate with that. And I'm so happy though. You've transitioned into the phase where you're saying you're screaming it from the rooftops. I mean, truly what a privilege that we have to be able to be led into someone's life. I mean, how awesome is that? Truly. Right. It's every day. It's, it's so cool. It is the coolest. I know. I know. Um, (laughs) With the cool factor comes with it some challenges, clearly for a myriad of reasons, but that's in all industries. Um, What's the biggest challenge you feel in the coaching industry just generally? So I think one of the things, and, and we, we talked about this in, in our chats was, you know, I haven't felt the other coaches as open welcoming as I would have thought. Because again, when I think coach as a coach, I, I mean, all the coaches I've worked with are amazing and it's great. And I can't even wait. I so look forward to my time with them. And it's just this open banter. And it's like, it's just all, it's all happiness and butterflies. And when I've met coaches as a coach in like a networking, Hey, let's, let's see if we might be able to collaborate, partner, refer business, whatever. It's been met with a little bit more competition, more, well, I'm up here, you're down here, or I'm over here, or I'm, you know, and you're there. Some like it's, it's more of a focus on what differentiates us rather than, we're, we're different. I mean, we're clearly different, but like, how could we, like, we're both coaches, like, let's have fun with that. And it seems like people don't, it's a, it's a tricky sandbox to play in. So well said. I mean, I think until you articulated it and yes, on our, in our couple of the conversations we had before this, like the way you had articulated, it was so perfect because I had always thought it, I couldn't put it into words. And then when you said it, I'm like, whoa, that mm. is so true. Uh, why, why in your opinion is that? Is it, I don't think there's a, it, okay. So here's my thought and you tell me what you think. So I think the approach is there's a scarcity mindset, whereas, mm. you know, there, there's so little out there in the form of clients or in the form of opportunity collaboration that I'll keep it all for myself. Although I can't, you know, one size does not fit all. There's a coach for almost everything out there. And I think one as a coach should target their, you know, their clients appropriately, but you, 
like one cannot keep all that close to the chest. I mean, let's let's share, let's introduce. By the way, shout out, speaking of introdu- introduction, Stephen Finney, thank you so much, Stephen, for connecting us. Really great yes. to you. Yes. <laughs> They're showing some gratitude there for sure. Um, but yeah, there you go. That's what I mean. That's the kind of collaboration that's so appreciated. Why is it we can't mirror that? Mm-hmm. I, th- I mean, I think you... If, if it's not the whole thing, it's a big part of it is that scarcity mindset. Because it has to be because every other industry has that. I mean, we all have some piece of that somewhere in our lives or our business or whatever. And I think, and you hit the nail on the head that it's, you know, if, if someone was looking to work with me, that's a good fit for me and probably not a good fit for you and vice versa. I see that if someone wants to work with you, awesome, like work with you, you know? And I think like I've had, I was counting the other day. I think I've worked, I've hired like six or seven coaches now. And I mean, that's just within the last like five years. So, I mean, people also work with more than one coach and, and need different types of coaching and at different times of life and at different phases. And I just think that if we, if I really try to come into all interactions with, there is no competition, not in the sense of like, I'm amazing. So like, you're not even competing with me, but from a place of, I, I, I don't come here with my defense on at at all. I just don't want, and I don't want to contribute to that. Like, I don't want to, when people approach me, whether they're a coach or looking for a coach, I, I'm very quick to, to be warm and welcoming quickly. So they know you're not going to get that from me. Like, I don't want to give that off at all because I've, I've gotten that I've been on the receiving end and it sucks and I don't like the way it feels. So I try very carefully to not give it off to, to anyone else. Are you kidding? You absolutely don't. I mean, the first thing I noticed about you is that you're kind and you're open. Oh, that's good. Really? <laughs> no, but here's the thing is that like my criteria for guests to be on this podcast is number one is always kindness. It's got to be top with authenticity, passion for your industry as a, as an entrepreneur. Yes. Same with you, by the way. Oh, <laughs> hugs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Virtual, virtual hugs, virtual hugs, <laughs> virtual hugs. Well, cause I mean, seriously, if, if one doesn't have that, then, then what? And here's the thing also is that we are in a totally different vertical than say psychology counseling. There's a piece of education there that needs to happen as to what it is that actually occurs in our industry. Yes, albeit we do need that level of emotional intelligence. Yes, we do, you know, coach the person and take them as a whole, but we're forward focused. You know, we're, we're future based where we look at visions of success, whereas psychology looks a lot at trauma and Mm -hmm. past occurrences, right? So there's a huge education piece that needs to continuously take place. So Mm -hmm. I guess my question is, how do you educate your clients on, on our industry? So I feel like the biggest comparison is with therapy. And it's funny because in the beginning, someone would say like, oh, this is like therapy. And that was like the biggest compliment to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm winning. Yay. And then I started to think, oh, wait a minute, you know, like there is a difference. Like I hope they don't, because some people just say it and, and we've talked about the difference and they just, you know, continue to say it's like therapy and, and that's fine. But I'm sure there are other folks there that are replacing 
you know, therapy with coaching or are seeing it as, as the same thing. So I think the education piece is constant, whether it's we're meeting for the first time and you're asking about coaching and I'm explaining the differences between coaching and, and counseling, coaching and therapy, coaching and mentorship, or we're coming into a conversation. I had one maybe like two weeks ago where we were talking and there just seemed to be a disconnect. And I kind of like paused for a second. I was like, let me explain how coaching typically goes. And it, I mean, we were like a few sessions in by then, but it was just, uh, hmm. I just want to make sure we're on the same page and like you get kind of why we're here. And I use it, I mean, like I, I joke a lot in my sessions. So I, I joke about it a lot. I think the biggest thing is asking questions. So when someone's like, oh, like, what do I do? I'll like smirk to them and I'll say, what do you think you should do? And and they know what that is. They know it's like, oh, Nicole being a coach, like, just tell me what to do, you know? So it's it's having fun with the limitations and, but still educating and, and again, boundary, you know, this is, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Like, it's just not really going to happen here, you know? It's so interesting. When I listen to client, coach client dynamics, it's phenomenal. I, you know, to me, always am fascinated at how a coach posture is so different than a therapist, psychologist posture. It's, it's just so different. I mean, we hand our clients the ability to design their action plan. And, you know, this is a mental health podcast. I mean, I'm all about therapy. I basically tell everyone to go to therapy. <laughs> I'm all about it. You know, love therapy. It's the best. Yes. Are you best. kidding? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. But coaching is different where you're, mm-hmm. you're basically redirecting to the client and or reflecting back to them and giving them the choice to choose mm-hmm. their next steps. And that's, you know, that again is all education, right? But there's huge amounts of power there. And as coaches, it's all about, you know, the questions that we ask mm-hmm. and the powerful, you know, the powerful insights that we offer with an open hand mm-hmm. and an open heart. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's, um, I love, I love educating people on this. It's just that it's ongoing, but it's fun. You know what else is fun and really, really interesting being like high on the empath scale and the highly sensitive, which we both are. And we talked about offline. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's got its moments. So I'm just curious, Nicole, what do you do to regroup after let's say a coaching session or a particularly heavy coaching session? You know, what do you do to recalibrate your, your energy? Um, I mean, I do try to focus on the wins and, which, you know, lead by example, like I tell clients all the time, we got to focus on the small wins. So I try to focus, you know, if it was a, a tougher, a tougher day, more, more intense conversations, I try to focus on the growth or, you know, we left that session a little bit lighter than we started or, you know, we're, we're doing the work, you know, it's, it's on the way. So I do try to, to set those reminders. Um, I think it's, it's also, like one of the things I've really learned is when it is a stressful day, a tough day, a frustrating day, like what, whatever the cause, like, let it be that. Like, I feel like for so long it was, and and we're, we hear this, you got to fix it, get out of it quick, you know, move on, you know, do, you know, breathe for four seconds and then let's go. And I've really started to slow down. And if things are feeling heavy, okay, so things are heavy. 
Like things are going to be heavy for the rest of the day and just kind of like lean into it. Okay, we're going to feel this way. Listen to it, embrace it, kind of give it a hug, sit with it, wallow in it. And then I can move on because I, I give it that space. But I think we're all kind of given these messages of move on, move on fast, quick. So I guess the short answer is if 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 things are, are heavy, I let them be heavy. I let it be rough. I let it be stressful. Wow. That was the goosebump moment right there, right there. <laughs> there's always one. There's always one. There's sometimes <laughs> several. And this, that was it for me. So actually, thank you because you just, you validated my experience too, because exactly. There are moments where I feel like, you know, we have to fight it. We have to solutionize it. We have to get through it fast next. And it's so it's self-imposed. And actually I was on a getaway a few months ago and you'll appreciate this because it speaks to your point. And there was a book, it was like a wellness retreat and it was beautiful and meditative. And so there was a book and it was like, we did a book exchange and there was a book just titled slow. And I saw the word slow and it's all about like slow living, slow pace, Mm. slowing down our pace of life. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I took the book. It's on my shelf. You know, I've, I've read through some of it. It's, but just glancing at the word slow on my shelf is just that reminder to slow down. It's okay to slow down, but you're right. We live in a world where it's constantly having to just move on to the next check off the thing on the list. It's so exhausting though. Yes. And as a coach, and I'm sure you can relate to this. Well, we don't have to slow because we don't we don't get stress, right? We don't we don't have bad days. We're we have figured it out. We are the all knowing, and if you want to figure it out, like come come to us. And it's it's very much no, like I have stress. I have you know stuff I deal with. I you know cry in the corner and rock back and forth just like everyone else. You know it 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 all happens, and and breaking that stigma of coaches, therapists, everyone in the mental health space has it together 100% of the time. No. <laughs> yes, that too, you're absolutely right, is where the gurus of of all, we, we don't live with mm-hmm. any, I mean, I think personally, it's a testament to the safety we create. So maybe that openness that we're, you know, we're, we're giving our clients or the space that we're allocating where there was none. So maybe there's I tell myself, okay, it's a compliment. You know, they think, oh, I got it all together. I got it all figured out. No, there are moments of existential crises, multiple during the day. Yes. Yes. Someone will come to me and they're stressed about something I'm stressed about. And it's like, so how would you handle that? Of like taking notes. Like, <laughs> you tell me, you coach me oh, this time. Oh, yes. The, the corner of the table notes happening at all times. Yes. Trust me. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. And you said an interesting thing just now, which was uh, stress. And that came up uh, during our conversation as well last time we spoke. So how, checking in with that, how's that, how's that going for you? Because, you know, there, it ebbs and flows, the stress in our life. But, um, you know, I, I had a stressful week last week. How are you coming in from a, from a stress component? Yeah, I mean, one thing I, again, being transparent that coaches don't have it all together, I'm good at layering So if I'm stressed about one thing, I'm very good at, well, let's find other things as well to be stressed about. Let's find other things that you're not doing well or succeeding in. So I layer. So it's never just Mm. the one, the one piece. Um, 
So this week, Monday, so far so good, but I will, that's something I'm working on is don't, you can be stressed and it can just be that. It doesn't have to mean all of these other things. It doesn't have to be a domino effect. It can just be this one day was stressful. It doesn't have to be this day was stressful at work. Oh, and you know what? You didn't fix that thing in the in the bathroom and oh, that light's burnt out. And oh, remember that cake like five years ago that wasn't good? Like I'll just keep going and it's, <laughs> you gotta stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I call that the spiral. <laughs> the spiral and I are very well acquainted and I'm very well versed in the spiral. It's uh, like, you know, I label my stress as anxiety and I know it's always gonna be present in my life like the thing that I have yet to finish because it won't be perfect yeah you know um yeah so th- there are perfectionistic tendencies too I think to stress where we feel we have to you know get it perfect it is right yeah it's I I'm I'm almost convinced that there are pieces of perfectionism that really underlie stress or, or reasons why we don't complete tasks but that's you know that's my theory maybe I'm projecting but yeah it's, stress is tough it's It's so tough. And we have, my coach talks to me about this all the time. We have a negativity bias. So, I mean, it's so much easier to, you do a good job on something. It's so much easier to spend an hour focusing on the one little piece that might not have been great than it is to just be like, overall, this looks really good. Job well done. Like, Mm. we don't say that. We don't say that to ourselves ever. I've started, that's another thing I've been working on is saying, you handled that well. You had a good day today. You you did a lot today versus, oh, well, you know what? Like, do those jeans really look good on you that you've been wearing? The self-talk. Know, oh, right. The self-talk. Oh, my yes. goodness. The self-talk. And I also, by the way, full admiration that I, I love that you work with a coach. This is something that's been on my bucket list as a coach is to work with a coach. I think it's um it's actually really important because it, it just gives you perspective they bring different elements in to, to help with your practice, but as well for your own self-development. Um, is this something you've been doing throughout your coaching career is working with a coach? Yes. I'm always working with at least one. Um, I've had, like, I have a mentor coach that really is just kind of my, my go-to. And then I have, I've worked with a writing coach, a content coach. I've worked with a nutrition coach. So it's either stuff that's going to be helpful for my business or stuff that's going to be helpful for me. But I mean, I do like coaching is amazing. I would be doing it if I didn't think so. So, I mean, I'm always excited when someone does a type of coaching that I feel like is useful for me. Like I'm totally down to have that conversation and and work with them. And it is funny to be on the receiving end because my coach will say something or ask me something and I'm like, ah. I know what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Like stuck. Darn. (laughs) You know what? Honestly, you're right. It's actually really helpful to sit in that seat because I think it also gives or or only enhances the the empathy we have for, for our clients. And, you know, I, I, it it really, Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's always something about taking perspective or, or perspective taking for someone else just enhances that, that empathy piece. That's so, so valuable. And what, what it is that we do. Um, and on the note of community, you know, be it a coach or a friend, you know, you mentioned you were brunching this weekend with friends. That's so fun. Um, and I, I try to drive home the importance of community, whether it's a tribe you built yourself or, um, you know, your, your family, your friends that you're, were either privileged to have 
all on one hand or one, it doesn't matter. A community is just so important to keeping us, you know, feet on the ground. Um, so on that, if you, Nicole, were to have lunch with anyone in the world, it could be someone you know personally, famous or not, historical person or not, who would you have lunch with and why? I'm curious. So I love Halloween. I love horror movies. I This is like the weird edge of me. So I pick Stephen King because... For multiple reasons, though, I have I have a good explanation for this. So first is, I mean, I worship him from afar. He's he lives in Maine. I'm from New Hampshire. He's I mean, he writes such great horror horror books that become amazing movies. It's just I, I love everything about him. I am also a big writer. I love writing. So and I read his book on writing, which I loved. I, I it might be my favorite Stephen King book, which is an interesting choice. So I would love to talk to him just about the writing process. Um, So that would be my choice. Love writing. It's so important. Even if people aren't inherent writers or um, think they have any kind of, I guess, quote unquote talent, whatever that even means in writing, it's so powerful because it externalizes things that are on the inside. Like, has that always been prevalent in your life? I've always been writing. I mean, my my parents are cleaning out stuff in, in closets and they're sending me these, I mean, articles from elementary school that I, I mean, I wrote these little things. I was always writing poetry and sh- short stories. So it's always been a thing in my life. And, and now it's become more of the creativity outlet, just needing something to get that spark going. Um yeah. I think we all kind of need something like that. If it's not writing, yes. it could be painting, it could be any kind of physical outlet, yoga, walking, it could be the simplest thing. But I, I thank you for that reminder too, because I, I feel like it's a huge self-care piece to have something that you could have outside of you that um, is out in the world and that you created. And it doesn't have to be perfect or art or anything. It could be whatever it is that you want that's not in you but outside of you if that makes any sense (laughs) yeah no and I and I talk about this a lot with clients because like as a productivity and leadership coach it's all about the work right the profession the climbing the ladder and all the things but a lot of times I'm recommending you have Mm -hmm. to step away because that's where if you are painting going to yoga going for a walk with your spouse that's when the brain can kind of chill for a second and actually put things together. If you're in it too much, if you're so focused, you can't see anymore. Hey, if this presentation would look good this way or, oh, I should put that proposal together that way. You can't see it anymore. So you actually need those outlets outside, like you're saying, to excel inside in in your profession. They go hand in hand. I think that's a hard connection to make sometimes that's that's like a tall ask sometimes when I'm telling clients about that do you do you get the sense that it's um almost a guilt piece where people feel like it's indulgent to do something for themselves I don't know I kind of thousand percent oh my goodness that's that's really sad is not I I don't want to use sad but um it's it's alarming I guess is what I'll say that that's how it's viewed wow yeah yeah it's I mean I've had clients 
I mean, it's amazing the emotion that comes out just thinking, not doing, even thinking about the idea of taking time for themselves. It's like, I'm sorry, what? There's no way. And and just trying to build up the, like the fact that I have to sell them on that concept. You know, I really am building my case of, well, it helps you with this. And, you know, I, I become like a, a car salesman on the idea of, of self-care and time time for oneself but it's it's necessary and it's a very it's the first thing to go on on our list of things to do for the day for the week for the month first thing to go oh my word okay well that's Mm. there's another aha moment there (laughs) yes listeners if there's a few pieces here like that one in specific like you you, it's a must it's a must it's a must should not go out the window and i'm not into Mm -hmm. woulda shoulda couldas but that is that's that is something to hear you say that. Um, mm-hmm. Slight shift of gears as an entrepreneur. I'm also curious if you were to give advice to either a younger you or a you as a starting entrepreneur, something you know now that you didn't know, what would you give as advice to younger entrepreneur you? So I think it's advice I'm giving to myself now. And I think it's it's don't lose it kind of connects to what we we're just talking about. Don't lose the fun, the excitement, the joy in the process. Like I think when I first became a business owner, it was like, yeah, woo, like everything was a win. Everything was worth celebrating. Everything was a big deal. And then I let that kind of fizzle. And I feel like it was negative self-talk. Like, well, Nicole, like you just take a seat, like hold up. You don't need to celebrate everything. All right. Now you need to get down to business and, and kind of all of this, you know, bringing me down again, like my head's often up here and I really need to myself. And, and this would be the advice. Don't lose that because that's what, that's what people see and connect with when they're meeting with you. Again, it's all connected. It's not like one or the other. You, you will do better in your business if you're able to show up excited if you do have fun with what you're doing people can feel that and and sense that and and get that energy from you so that would be my advice that's great you know enjoying the process is huge mm-hmm. and I, we i think we all lose track of, of enjoying or leaning into the process i mean really we totally do it's, totally do it's because we i think get caught up with having to have the systems in place and the output has to be successful and we have to have, you know, a lot of us define successes in different ways for me personally, like where I get caught up with where I should be better, the woulda, shoulda, couldas for me are my systems. They should be ironed out right now. I should have automation, you know, Mm -hmm. AI is a thing. Like, I mean, I get caught up in my systems and that they're not totally perfected by now. And that's where I trip up. So I, yeah, I, but that's me not enjoying the process. It's exactly as you just detailed it. I don't know. What are your thoughts on having the systems in place? Well, I think this, to me, I process this like the coaching thing again. It's if I'm a coach, a productivity and leadership coach of all things, my processes need to be perfection, right? Like I need to be like there, there's no room for error because of what I do. And that I need to work on because that's crazy. I mean, I, I'm, I'm building stuff as well and, and learning just like everyone else. So I, I, to hold myself to another standard in things like that um, 
it's unreasonable. Well, thank you for that permission as well. That uh, it, it, it trickles to me as well, and, and um, mm. very, very kind and gentle reminder there. Um, so I know you're a busy gal. Once again, I just want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm going to finish off with where can people find you and what you are doing. So people can find me on my website, which is findclarityhere.com. They can find me on LinkedIn, just my name. They can find me on Instagram at findclarityhere. Um, and I am speaking of writing, I am actually working on a book. I've been working on one for, I think about a year now. Um, and I'm working with a coach. Yes, I said it working with a coach to get it published. So my hope is to have a, a book out, um, next year. Ooh, I put it out into the universe, but yes. You spoke it into existence. I spoke it. Now it has to happen. <laughs> Accountability. Oh, it's, I have no doubt it's going to happen. And I wish you all the success, Nicole. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Come back whenever you want. Oh, I would love to come back. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. A special thanks to my wonderful guest and new friend, Nicole Dupuis. I am so grateful to have connected on our mutual love of coaching. So you might ask, why coaching? Well, here's the thing. As you can clearly tell right now, what we need more than ever is connectedness, love, compassion, and empathy for our fellow human beings. It's really that simple. I implore you to check in with your community and your loved ones and just ask them, how are they doing? Show patience and show kindness. Thank you so much again for tuning in. Until next time. The Anxious Millennial Podcast is edited, written, and produced by me, Alexandra Vincelli.